You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. If that wasn't a woman, I would have punched him in the nose. <laughs> but like, even her husband was annoyed. <laughs> oh, dude, why are you getting my blood pressure up like 10 minutes before I got to crawl into bed? Dude, it's legalization day. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, Brazilian tie. It has been a crazy week. So on Wednesday, pot gets legalized across Canada. Take that, Alliance of American Football League. We couldn't up our salaries, but we could legalize pot. <laughs> and generate all the taxes we want. Absolutely, baby. Of course, it was also the anniversary of Gord Downey's passing on Wednesday, and we were at a show in Edmonton on the final tour. Man, that was one of the best rock and roll shows I'd ever been to. Oh, and it was like, it, there's no way, it's indescribable. Uh, you know, and especially with where we were sitting, we it was it was almost like we saw them in a bar. It, it was just that cool. Um, so on my radio show, my real job on, uh, I mean, if you want to call it that, um, <laughs> yeah. on Z98.9, I, I got a call from somebody who actually saw the hip at the campus bar at Red Deer College in 1989. Was it Mike Babcock? I the it's funny because the guy <laughs> said his brother's name was Mike. Oh man! Just the, <laughs> and you're a Babcock hater, aren't you? Just the worst kind of people. I'm getting you a pair of Bab socks for your uh, for Christmas. I need something to keep warm when I don't pay my gas bill. <laughs> also, I wanted to talk to you about this. Daniel Craig made the news because there was this photo floating around online. He was holding his baby in, you know, one of those baby carriers on the front of his chest. And then Pierce Morgan questioned his masculinity. So then all these celebrities were posting pictures with their babies and things like that. You and I don't have babies. That we know of. (laughs) But what's the manliest thing you've done lately? Uh, Grew a mustache. Dude, your mustache looks it's unbelievable. Disgusting. Has that hit the Twitter sphere yet? Uh, no, I, I, I'm going to do a big reveal at Grey Cup. Oh, like, man. You got you to keep the people wanting more. I got to say, the manliest thing I've done, I fried bacon this morning with no shirt on. Oh, I, I'm not ballsy enough to do that. There's no <laughs> way. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. I, 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 that Cavus Reed drop will never get old for me. <laughs> no, it's so good. <laughs> it's just too bad that he can't, you know, live up to what he 
like you can't practice what he preaches because there should have been a lot of consequences in Montreal this year. Yeah, you're very right about that. <laughs> this Friday night football doubleheader might be the biggest doubleheader of the entire season. Is <laughs> I mean, so far anyway, until I guess we could say semifinals will be the next biggest doubleheader. But man, mm-hmm. it starts with Ottawa and Hamilton. And these teams over the past few years have had an incredible rivalry. Ottawa hosts the first half of this home and home. They're one point favorites. Both teams are eight and seven. Hamilton has won two in a row. They're four and one in the East Division. Ottawa has lost two in a row, and uh, they lead the East Division right now. Let's start with the Hamilton side of the ball. It looks like Alex Green is going to be making his return to the lineup, and John White's a good running back, but they just seem different when Alex Green is in there because he Mm -hmm. is a touchdown monster. Yeah, he has a nose for the end zone, and he he finds a way to score. Uh, the only the only problem with that is he's over double what John White is, and you know yeah, without without touchdowns, Alex Green isn't going to get you that. It's he's not going to be worth that price point. Yeah, as far as you know, fantasy goes, he's right near ten thousand dollars. So he's going to cost mm-hmm. you a, a pile of money, but. Um, it, it might be a safe assumption that he'll produce because, man, it seems like every time he's getting in there, they trust him near the goal mm-hmm. line and they want to give him the ball as much as possible. But we're almost at the point of the season where every viable member of that Tiger Cats offense is costing your lineup a pile of money. And, and you know, it, it makes perfect sense because they score a ton of points. It's ridiculous. Uh, you, you look at Alex Green's numbers this year. He's only played six games. He's score. He went in his opening week against Montreal. Went two touchdowns, followed by two, then one, then two, then one, and didn't have any touchdowns against Calgary in his last game before he got injured. Like he puts up numbers, and if you if you've got room or you can find if you're going to go cheap somewhere else. Uh, he's pretty reliable when it comes to scoring. So, I mean, at ninety six hundred bucks or just over ninety six hundred bucks, uh, you know, it, it's a tough, tough sell with the price point. But I mean, he puts up numbers. Yeah, that's the thing with the Tiger Cats. They, you can almost predict who they're going to throw to because they're not getting defended. <laughs> and, no, and it's, and it's working. And the offensive pieces they have are just lighting it mm-hmm. up. I mean, if Banks isn't. Uh, doing it, then they go to Tasker, who seems to be the reliable guy when it comes to big conversions. It's in the red zone. It's second down. We can throw Runs it in to the family. Tasker. Um, Mazzoli's making it happen week in and week out. Probably the East nominee for MOP at the end of the season. And Brandon Banks, who just goes without saying, if you just look at fantasy, he almost costs as much as Mike Riley these days. Yeah, $12,219. Yeah, no thanks. I'm not doing it. Uh, The rest of your lineup is really going to be hampered by that unless you can uh, find find some diamonds in the rough. Um, Yeah, that's a little excessive. That being said, average is 18.6 against Toronto, 15.4 in the last couple of years. Uh, Luke Tasker averages 20.9, 16.4. So... I mean, Brandon Banks does have that explosiveness, uh, so I, I get him being worth a little more, but that that's getting a little ridiculous. Yeah, um, especially if you pick him and he has a dud of a game. And at this point, mm-hmm. 
a seven-catch, 90-yard game, no touchdowns is a dud of a game for Brandon Banks. <laughs> yeah, it gets you 16 points, but at $12,219, you, you need a little more production than that. Yeah, you, you need 30 if you're going to spend that much on mm-hmm. it. And I, I guess some of the price points are probably my beef with the TSN CFL Fantasy game because oh. it, it almost makes it, – it's almost like they've designed the game for you to not want to choose a defense or to not put a full yep. lineup out there because you're almost forced to start somebody that is a bit of a wild card, especially if you have any superstars at all in your lineup. Yeah, they make it really tough. Uh, you know, Mike Riley finally came down from that 14,000 plateau. But, I mean, he was there for a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, the only time you're really going to want to pay that is when he plays Montreal. Yeah. Right? You know, we, saw that, we saw that this year. He lights up a lot of teams. But uh, yeah. he had his best games, obviously, against um, Montreal. And the best part about Riley, and I think we all know it, is that he's basically doing everything. He's taking the yep. snaps uh, in short yardage, and uh, the QB sneaks into the end zone. So that kind of separates him from the rest of the quarterbacks. Uh, as far as Ottawa goes, this might be the game when you want to spend money on Hamilton players because Ottawa is without four starters on defense. Antoine mm-hmm. Pruneau. Randall Evans, Avery Williams, Kevin Brown, all expected to miss this game. That's not good when you're missing that many starters on defense. That's, you know, a third of your guys. Yeah, that's a huge loss for Northorp in that defense. Uh, and these Hamilton receivers and, you know, Alex Green, and even we've seen Mazzoli. He has, he has the ability to, to pull it down and run with it. Uh, they could absolutely feast on this Ottawa defense this week. Are you liking any of the Ottawa pieces here? They are at home, and Hamilton's near the bottom of the league when it comes to rush defense. So I'm a fan Mm -hmm. of having William Powell in your lineup, but then again, your lineup has to be built around him because he costs so much Mm -hmm. money. And we've seen them go away from him often enough to where it becomes a liability to have him uh, in the lineup. Uh, that being said, that was earlier in the year. Now with it being uh, late in the year, weather is what it is. Uh, the running game becomes more uh, prevalent. So uh, I, I could see the argument for starting William Powell. I'm not starting any Ottawa players this week uh, because that Hamilton defense, uh, you know, you, you don't throw to Delvin Bro's side of the field. So they're basically you can basically focus your defense on one half of the field. And I – the Trevor Harris is just too inconsistent for me to, to trust anybody against this defense right or this past defense right now. And what, Jerry Glanville turned 77 years old this year or the week? Yeah. that's a, what, what are you going to be doing when you're 77? Well, I'm hoping I'm above ground. <laughs> you and me both, but <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that we would be like Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 45-year season ticket holders in Regina just chirping and crapping on everyone. Yeah, everybody that walks by. Like, you don't even have to be involved in the game. I like the thoughts of that. How do you see this game going, Ty? Uh, I, I'm i going with with Hamilton. I think they win by two scores. Uh, I just 
with the way the way Ottawa's offense is, is just too inconsistent for me to trust right now. Ooh, I I could really see this game going either way. Ottawa's a tough team, but the injuries on defense, mm-hmm. and I know they're at home. I, at home, although I feel like the Ontario road trips in the CFL, they're probably the easiest road trips in the league. Now the home field advantage and uh, things like that do make a difference, but the travel is it's it's not as taxing as going, you know, from Vancouver to Winnipeg or, you know, some any east west travel. But I'm gonna take Hamilton here, but I'm not surprised if Ottawa wins because they're fighting for first. Um, they're gonna want at least a split <laughs> with Hamilton. They don't want to get mm-hmm. swept. Uh, and these teams playing in back-to-back weeks, it could be a fight by the time uh, game two ends next week. <laughs> Which is exactly what we want. We, we want this exactly to be like the Labor Day rematches, right? Where where hatred creeps in. <laughs> now, the late game on the Friday doubleheader, just as big. The Edmonton Eskimos eight and eight. Last in the West, absolutely desperate as they go to Vancouver, who are two-point favorites. Eight and seven, just ahead of Edmonton at fourth in the West. Edmonton looked good last week against Ottawa. That ended a three-game losing streak. But BC at home is six and one. They've won two in a row, including going into McMahon Stadium last week and having a big, big win. On the Edmonton side of things, they've added defensive lineman Evan Gill to the roster. He was a first-round pick for the Tiger Cats in 2014. He also spent time with the Argos. And I I think there have been some questions about Duke Williams and his health over the past few weeks. Jason Moss says Duke is fine, despite what his numbers say over the past little while. This game might be tempting for a lot of people to have some Eskimos in their lineup, but Bryant Mitchell, who was long a value play, is no longer that. He costs over $8,000 if you want him in your lineup. And only averages 3.6 points against BC. Small sample size, I know. Uh, still averages 15.3 uh, overall, which is more than Duke Williams. So it's somewhat of a value play if you're looking at it that way. Although they're pretty, like they're only $200 apart. Um, I I don't believe Moss for a second when he says Duke Williams is fine. If I'm being completely honest, uh, he took a nasty hit. Uh, I think it was the Winnipeg game before Edmonton traveled to Regina. And mm-hmm. it looked like he was going to be out for mm-hmm. a while. And he has not been the same guy. No, and the numbers have shown that. Now, if he comes out and has a 150-yard, 10-catch, two-touchdown game, then then I guess he's fine. Uh, but... I, I don't. This offense we saw last week finally bounce back. If they can keep that going, it, it bodes well for for the Eskimos and for for fantasy teams uh, on TSN. But I, just, they need to do it more than one week in a row. I need to see it again before I before I buy back in. Brian Mitchell became the feature guy in the offense last mm-hmm. week, and it's hard to say if that will continue. But let's go back to week 10, where Bryant Mitchell oh, started going on uh, an that's incredible That's like 600 run. Cokes ago. <laughs> it is a while ago. <laughs> uh, it was against Montreal. He had seven catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. 
25.8 fantasy points. Since then, mm-hmm. 15.6 points, 14.9 points, 12.9 points, 12.3 points, and last week, 38 points. So he's on a nice streak of getting you um, double-digit points. Mm-hmm. And in many of those games, he's got at least seven catches. Yeah, he's got to work hard for the points. You're not going to see a lot of uh, points off touchdowns. He's only got two this year. Uh, so you're going to really rely on high volume and, and yardage. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, if, if they can't get C.J. Gable going and they can use that short pass game or, you know, to, to try to set up longer longer plays down the field, uh, we, we know Mike Riley is totally capable of doing that as well. Uh, so... I mean, he, th- he throws a, a good ball, a high percentage usually. So, like, when it's short passes, when it's not a 50-50 ball, it's usually high percentage throws. So, Brian Mitchell could be a great pick. Uh, just, just the lack of touchdowns is what worries me, where, you know, it could only be a four-catch night. And that was a big change in last week's game for the Eskimos when they started three imports on the offensive mm-hmm. line, and it was their best performance since – Week one, and maybe of the entire season, they kept Mike Riley clean, and they were also moving the ball on the ground for C.J. Gable. The Lions give up mm-hmm. 109.9 yards a game on the That's ground. It looks like Solomon Alamimian will not be quite ready for this weekend's game. Bo Lacumbo and Jordan Herdman are expected to handle the linebacking duties, and they're both good players there, so that doesn't uh, mean there's a there's a big downgrade at linebacker. But the way the line was playing last week, we could see a big C.J. Gable game. For sure. Uh, you know, we talked about for, for the last couple of weeks how this offense has kind of disappeared, uh, and, you know, a lot of it was Mike Riley not having time, C.J. Gable, you know, not having... Uh, the the running game that that he's had, but I mean the offensive line hasn't helped any of that. And it, last week that completely flipped around. They kept Riley clean, uh, gave CJ a lot of holes, and and it worked. Uh, you know we'll see if they go with that same same lineup when depth charts come out. But if they do, I mean it could set up to be a big week. Uh, we know CJ can be a physical runner, but I mean if you can get him into that uh, into that linebacker and he doesn't have to into the linebacking level and he doesn't have to worry about the the uh, defensive lineman as much. Uh, he's going to rack up yards. Also, uh, it, it kind of seems like Vidal Hazelton has jumped into that number three spot uh, mm-hmm. in that receiving core. Um, Kenny Stafford had a nice start to the season, but Hazelton has really uh, picked up the last few weeks. He had a better game last week than he did against Saskatchewan, and in his career, he's had some nice games against the Lions. Yeah, a- averaging 16.6 points against the Lions, which is really good. He's only going to cost you $4,226. Uh, if he does have that output, that's unreal value. Uh, averages about 13.8 the last couple of years. Uh, he's only got one touchdown this year, so he's going to rely again on, on catches and yards. Uh, hasn't had a game of over 56 yards yet this year receiving. Uh, his highest catch total was five. Uh, so he's just been consistent, uh, but not uh, exactly, you know, the world beater that his numbers against BC have shown at 16.6 points, but there's still, there's still a chance uh, that, that it could come. I mean, you know, Duke Williams and Bryant Mitchell are going to garner a lot of attention this week. And it could leave Vidal Hazelton with some favorable matchups. Let's talk about the lions. It looks like uh, they may dress Chris Rainey 
this week and uh, scratch Jeremiah Johnson. Last week was the exact opposite. Do you like any Lions players? Um, they they seem like they're not a very flashy offense, but Lule just has that it factor to make things happen. Lule is half the price of Mike Riley and averages one or no, two point six points less than Riley does. So, I mean, you want to talk about a cheap quarterback that you know could put up numbers, and we've seen Benavides defense that likes to give up pass yards. Um, that being said, like you said, they're not flashy, but they they are able to move the ball. Uh, Burnham only averages eight points against Edmonton. Uh, you know, if, if Johnson Johnson's in at sixteen point four, Tyrell Sutton at fifteen point six, Chris Rainey doesn't average a lot against Edmonton, which is kind of weird. Uh, four point seven when he averages twelve point eight overall. So there is opportunity for this team to put up some big fantasy numbers uh, with the style of defense that Edmonton plays. Uh, you know, Devere Posey hasn't had. A great return uh, to to the CFL. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Uh, you know, averaging right around seven points per game. So, I mean, if you're gonna take guys, like the only maybe if 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 you're gonna take anybody from BC, it's got to be uh, you know Lule Burnham or whoever their starting running back is, because everybody else isn't really putting up numbers right now. The big play can happen on Edmonton. We saw Deontay Spencer do it last week. I think Devere Posey has the speed uh, and what it takes to make a big play happen on mm-hmm. this Eskimo defense. It all depends if uh, <laughs> the Esks want to play some man-to-man with these receivers and uh, the Lions get that know right matchup won't. that they can make it happen like Ottawa did last week. Mm-hmm. Who are you picking to win here, man? BC at home. I, I just that I know it's only a one hour difference, but I mean, there's just something about BC place where teams come in and they just they either they either are going right from the start or they just never get started, and it never happens. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with BC, and they finish the year seven and one at home. Yeah, it is uh, their oh, it's their second last home game of the year, right? Um, are they, oh no, yes. they're six and one at home. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag math. Um, yeah, they'll they'll move to seven and one at home. And the Eskimos are two and six on the road. It's really good, isn't it? Oh man, that I want to pick brutal. them. Though. Hey man, you do you. I might freak out and change at the last uh, minute here, but. Man, it's it's really tough here because BC and their offensive line, and I don't know if it was Calgary wimping out from the cold or what it was last week, but they've got Kadero Law, Micah Johnson, Jagera Davis. Eskimo fans are going to get mad at me, but I think the Stamps got a better defensive line. So, I, I mean, if the Lions' O-line can handle them, they should be able to handle mm-hmm. the Esk D line, and if the D line doesn't get pressure in Edmonton, then the defense just can't really get it done. Oh man, I'm gonna go Edmonton here. Oh, feeling gambly for now, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, I, I might lock it in. I might, I might go with the uh, Edmonton Eskimos in this one. That's Kura's lock of the week. <laughs> oh, it's not my lock of the week. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to say thank you to Park Power. 
Uh, they're a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta. They've got low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. That is awesome. About 10% uh, goes to local charities. And you want to be with that Alberta company when you're in Alberta. They just love uh, local here. I absolutely love that the money stays here. Small company, so lower overhead, give you cheap prices, and they make it real easy to switch. Yes, nothing changes about electricity or natural gas. There's nothing to worry. You switch providers to Park Power, and they will have a deal for you. So check out their website, parkpower.ca. That is parkpower.ca. The third game of the week is the game of the week. Maybe the game of the year. It's my lock of the week. It's your lock of the week. Yep. Okay, I can't wait to see who you're picking here. Uh, Manziel <laughs> looking for his first CFL win for the Alouettes, and they've lost four in a row. The Argos <laughs> have lost seven in a row, but all three of their wins have come at BMO Field. They're actually four-and-a-half-point favorites here. Both teams are 3-12. and 12. Let's talk about Montreal first. Glenn Love is going to be replacing Chris Ackie on defense. He is a CFL veteran. Um but not good news for the offensive line, which does not need any more issues. They lose veteran, and I say lose, but they traded veteran O-lineman Philip Blake to the Riders last week. But Luke Brodeur-Jordan has not practiced due to a foot injury this week. So if you thought Manziel was running for his life <laughs> already, he might be running even more. Now, some more Alouettes news this week. Arash Madani was on the sports cage in Regina on 620 CKRM with Rod Peterson. He reports that Cavis will remain with the Montreal Alouettes for next season. I really am not all that surprised. Um, I, I think some people are, but they allowed him to make some moves at the trade deadline. He moved some nice pieces, and he got himself some more draft picks. So I think they're giving him one more year. Um, he made the big deal to bring in Johnny Manziel. Manziel will have next year, and he, by all accounts, has said he does plan on returning next year and honoring that contract. Uh, a full training camp. Uh, he'll have an offseason to bring in some better receivers. Try to change that offensive line again. What say you on Cavis Reed returning to the Alouettes <laughs> next season? Um, the only reason I'm not surprised is because it's the Alouettes. <laughs> they, they, he should have been fired like be, like before he got a chance to make the Manziel trade. Um, you know what he paid to get Manziel is completely like absurd. Uh, not not because Manziel's not talented or anything. Uh, because of the issues they already had with their offensive line and, you know, having no not a lot of uh, talent anywhere else where those draft picks could have been used to bolster that offensive line and, you know, help any quarterback they put back there. Uh, so it's been kind of a schmozzle on that offensive line, and we've seen it the last couple of weeks, Manziel having to scramble for everything. Uh, I, I get giving him another year, though, because uh, he's the one that brought in Manziel, so he gets to see that through to the end, and if it doesn't improve, then the Wenton Halls will ax him, I would assume. But at the same time, they might give him an extension if they're, you know, flirting with 500 at 
Thanksgiving. Do you dare put Johnny Manziel in your uh, lineup this week? I had him in there. <laughs> had. Had. Sell me had. on it. Why should I put Johnny Manziel in my lineup? Because Toronto doesn't have a defense right now. Everybody's <laughs> hurt. How bad, how much worse could it possibly get? I, I don't know if it does get any worse. Like, do we really need to, like, even discuss fantasy options other than, like, maybe two guys in this game? Okay. <laughs> so so you think Manziel's a legit option, though? I mean, as far as I, I price do. goes. Yep. Um, you know, and you guys, you know how much I love to pay for quarterbacks. No, <laughs> that's the last <laughs> thing you want to pay for. Yeah, I, I yeah, like it, it's ridiculous. Um, I, I with this defense that Toronto has right now, uh, I know that there's a lot of issues with the offensive line of Montreal. Uh, that's a lot easier to overcome. You can bring in, you can have sets with extra linemen, or you know, keep your running back back as an extra blocker. Uh, you know, it's really hard to to scheme a defense uh, for guys who aren't starters, uh, you know, like to, to replace guys that they've lost, it, it's going to be really tough. And I, I just think that in this case, that offense is going to beat defense in this one, just because neither team's defense is great right now. Well, here's the deal. Both of these defenses are bottom two in rush yards and pass yards. No, come on. <laughs> So Toronto is given up, the only team given up over 120 yards a game on the ground. <laughs> so if you want to start William Stanback, William Stanback. he's less than $5,000. Why wouldn't you? Yep, that's, that's fair. Um, and the Alouettes are the only team giving up over 300 yards through the air a game. Yep. So James Franklin seems like a legit option to me. Uh, yeah, he could be, uh, just, I mean, he hasn't really proven to me any, anything yet. Uh, but that being said, I, I literally think either, either quarterback in this game is a viable option to start for you. Uh, but be aware that, you know, halfway through the first quarter, you could be at negative five points and just hoping to God for a touchdown. Well, hang on here. We talked about the Tiger Cats defense and, how much they should be respected as far as their pass defense mm-hmm. and things go. James Franklin threw for 292 yards and two touchdowns over 17 fantasy points. He had an, another 44 rush yards. He had over 21 points, 22 points against the Tiger Cats defense last week. I see well, no The only way. film they had on him was one-yard dive plays. <laughs> I, I see no reason not to believe he can at least do that against the Owls. Oh, I, I, he might be able to have a 400-yard game. That being said, he might throw four picks. <laughs> the range of outcomes I'm not really a fan of here. Like, either one of these guys is probably a better option than Zach Kalaros, and that is sad. Hey, he, hey, come on. He's against Calgary, man. <laughs> Like I almost picked him, and then I'm like, don't be an idiot. You almost picked him again? <laughs> yeah, I almost did. This is the story of the CFL season. <laughs> Will Brazilian Ty pick Zach Caleros or not? 
And then when I do, everybody else doesn't. And he has a crap game. I'm like, okay, this is finally going to be the week where I don't pick him. I don't pick him. And he gets like 16 points and everybody else has him. Yeah, he throws almost 400 yards against the Owls and you don't pick him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the quarterback I have leaves in the first quarter. <laughs> I'm a big believer in Brandon Burks. He costs you 4200 yep. bucks. And uh, I like S.J. Green against his former team. He averages 15 points. Your lock of the week, Brazilian tie. Who are you taking? The Alouettes. Johnny Football gets his first win in the CFL. Says no one ever. That, man, it's going to happen. Taking the Argos. Am no. I confident no. about it? No. And I, I, I was going to just take Montreal to cover. So then Toronto could still win, but I'm going. I'm going all in on the Alouettes this week. I'm even. Gonna wear, I'm going to wear my Peta Della Riva shirt to work. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm all in. Uh, some notes on Toronto. Trayvon Van signs there. So does Caleb Ham, the son of Tracy Ham. He's not a quarterback. He's a DB. And Arash Madani in that same interview with Rod Peterson reported that it looks like Tressman is going to be the one leaving Toronto. Now, here's a scenario, and this has not been talked about enough, that next season there's going to be a cap on football personnel. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've got to think Tressman and Pop are getting a pile of money. From yeah. what I've heard, Tressman's getting around 600 k And... <laughs> I I get that in a month, not a big deal. <laughs> that is that's Chris Jones money. But Chris Jones is VP GM and head coach and DC. There's a lot of letters under that name. Tressman's only got one babysitter. Job. Now, what what would you think about this scenario, Brazilian tie? And this somebody's going to quote me as truth. Oh, for sure. Ed Hervey brings in Mike Riley and Mark Tressman. BC wins the Great Cup. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, it could happen. This is going to be a very exciting off season. The last game of the week, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and I feel like we need to do a separate podcast to talk about the Riders this week are in Calgary to take on the Stampeders. The Riders technically have a shot at first in the West still. They would need to win out. The Stamps would need to lose out. The last time the Stamps have lost two in a row was 2012. So, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. To, to not only want, get them to lose two in a row, but then lose another two? Yeah, that's that's getting the perfect March Madness bracket. It's just not going to happen. That that's picking that's picking a sixteen over a one, and nobody nobody does that. Yeah, yeah. So the Riders uh, seriously though, five and three on the road. They are coming off an embarrassing shutout loss to the Bombers. The Stamps though are seven and one at home, and yeah, they can clinch first with a win or a tie. Okay, let's I guess start with the positive. In Regina from this week, they end up signing 2018 first-round pick Dakota Shepley to the practice roster, which I think is massive. Some were saying he mm-hmm. might be the most athletic uh, 
offensive lineman in the draft from last year. Apparently, though, it's unlikely he signs a contract for next year as he still wants to pursue NFL opportunities. I wonder if we see one of those, or maybe the NFL option is in his contract because I know they were going to bring that back. But to bring him here for the playoffs it or whatever, it just seems like a depth move, but uh, a good timing for him to be available to come to Saskatchewan, I think. <laughs> Offensive line depth. What a concept in, in Regina. <laughs> so you're, you, like, you mean to tell me there's a chance Eddie Steele doesn't have to be this, the sixth lineman? Yeah, I, I think we don't have to worry about that. Oh, boy. Um, no, uh, you know. Uh, this kid has proven, you know, college rank, and you know he he showed well at, at training camp in the states um, that he is a, a, he's going to be a top O lineman, uh, especially in the CFL. He's athletic, he's big, uh, <clears throat> and, and he's gonna he's gonna fill a much needed hole on the right. Well, not only the right, it's, it's a hole on any team. I mean, if if you can put if you can put in uh, a bona fide first round big. Uh, you know, athletic offensive lineman, you're going to do it. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're going to lose there. You're, you're going to find a spot for him, and, and you know, putting him on the practice roster, and, and let him let him venture back to the NFL and see see what he does. And if he doesn't go there or he doesn't stick, then then you have him. So uh, I, I really like the move. Uh, you know, and like you said, depth move, and I have no problem with offensive line depth, and especially a Canadian uh, that really helps too. Speaking of that offensive line depth, it looks like Dan Clark will be out for a while. Darius Bladak is out for the year. Um, mm-hmm. And the injuries, they continue a little bit. Mikhail Brooks, D-lineman, out for the year. Matt Elam will not play this Saturday in Calgary. It looks like Zach Evans should be okay. But I, I do think the big news is Charleston Hughes getting charged with impaired driving. I guess the incident happened last Thursday. Um, and it, we'll, we'll see how the team reacts. Sometimes they can rally around a player like this, or they get sucked up in the distraction. And I don't know, man. Does this explain what happened in Winnipeg? Um, this happened the day before travel day. Um, from what it seems like, the police found him on uh, the ring road in Regina, uh, unresponsive, a.k.a. passed out behind the wheel and basically came to when the police went to the window. And I really want to be careful about this conversation. And uh, I don't know what the riders are going to do. Um, Chris Jones basically said he is going to watch very closely what happens. I guess I think he has to go back to court on Halloween uh, or something like that and uh, to, to, to face the charges on that day. But he's an adult. He's 34 years old. Hughes was in front of the media today, and he actually seemed um, ashamed almost, embarrassed. That's what I get from it. He's sorry to his fans, uh, the teammates, that's what he ended up saying here. But the riders need to be careful too here because with drinking and driving being a problem in Saskatchewan and then one of your role models that kids and fans have looked up to is the CFL sack leader, man, mm-hmm. that goes and makes this mistake. 
The writers have to protect their brand as well. Now, do I think he should lose his job? I'm just going to say this, man. He's human. He messed up. But he's owning up to it. He went to the media and he said he was sorry and he's going to go to court at the end of the month. I'm not going to go and call him a piece of crap or anything like that. But I do understand that there are a lot of people that have been affected by impaired driving. And uh, my heart goes out to them. And I, I, I can only imagine that something like this would really affect what they think of Charleston Hughes, who has not been in trouble for this before. But maybe their kids looked up to them. Maybe they did as well. And, I mean, I I just think he looks sorry. Uh, He's an adult, but he's also a human at the same time. Um, I don't know. I don't want to pass judgment on the guy. It's it's a (laughs) mistake. I mean, when I first saw it, I think my first thought was, (laughs) you know, I, I, yeah. I really think that word probably sums up the situation the best. So I, I don't want to like try to draw comparisons because he is a professional athlete, and I'm not. But I, I drive a lot for work, uh, like you know, every morning and every night. I usually around between 150 200 kilometers a day. If I get an impaired, I lose my job. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, right. Because yeah, you're traveling for remotes and different radio stuff, and and you know, companies don't like seeing that to begin with. It make and it makes it look really bad well they have to protect um, their brand too like the, the, the at, riders yeah for sure yeah absolutely um you know he's not he he didn't violate any code of conduct issues or, or rules in the cfl which to me seems really weird or like a little like maybe that needs to change in my eyes because i mean this is a form of substance abuse to a point and you know you you are charged with with a with a crime, um, that being said, you know he is like you said he's human, made mistake. He's also thirty four years old and should know better than to get behind the wheel when he's drunk enough to pass out. Uh, yeah, there is so many. You you could say so many things yeah. uh, about this. Should he lose his job? I maybe I'm not the guy to answer that. I yeah. I it if I'm Chris Jones right now. What I would do, because this is going to be a distraction, like he's, he's going to have to deal with a lot of stuff leading up to this court date. I've had DUIs in my family. I, I know what you got to go through. And, you know, it, it, it just, it, it's one of those things. It, it, it's, it's not going to be good to, for that to be around the dressing room. Uh, that being said as well, him, you know, if he gets, I don't know, like, I guess, scratched or I guess technically suspended without with pay or whatever they're going to do that if they went that route then I mean the media is going to jump over that and start asking questions to teammates about something that they had nothing to do with so I, I think they're kind of damned if they do damned if they don't but if I'm Chris Jones I send a message and I and I don't play him this week just because you have to let the entire team know that it's not acceptable the uh, offense has not scored a touchdown for a while Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also don't see that changing. <laughs> Jordan Williams Lambert makes his return to the lineup. Uh, Naaman Roosevelt is iffy. Other than that, I really I, I don't know if I trust any of these guys. Now, uh, not even Zach Kalaros. <laughs> on Monday's podcast, 
I kind of called the rider. Well, no, I didn't kind of. I called the rider soft because of weather. And they don't have to worry about that this week. Uh, we got sunny and 13 degrees. That's about as good as you can expect for mid-October football game in Alberta. So they don't have to worry about weather. So hopefully ball security is better. But I I can't trust them because Caleros actually looked fine and they're actually looked good in their win against the Stampeders uh, in, during the summertime. But I don't know if I could see that happening again here. No, I think that Calgary will have made the adjustments. Uh, like Devon Claybrook's really good defensive coordinator. This this defense has the talent to basically do anything that they want to do to any given team on any given week. Uh, you know, they have film on Claros from this year. They are going to make the adjustments and they are going to shut down this offense and it'll be another week without an offensive touchdown. I'm almost willing to bet a lot of money on it if I can find that prop anywhere. <laughs> the Calgary Stampeders end up signing Bakari Grant, who was uh, one of the final cuts for the Riders in training camp. He actually played for the Stampeders in 2016, 44 catches, 625 yards in 10 games uh, in 2016. On the other side of the coin, the Rider defense is no slouch either. Mm-hmm. Bull Levi has had himself some good games against the uh, Rough Riders in his career, but they sit here without DeVaris Daniels, Kamar Jordan, Mark, and Michelle. But all of a sudden, I don't know if Bakari Grant's going to get into the lineup or not, but now they have another good receiving core with talent. At least some mm-hmm. guys that know the game. Eric Rogers, Chris Matthews, and <laughs> Bakari Grant. And it uh, looks like Terry Williams, his wrist injury is not as bad as thought. He could be uh, on the field on Saturday. Jerron Breskison knows his way around the field. It, it's unlimited the amount of receivers they're able to bring into this Calgary organization and still perform the way they have been. That being said... The Stampeders' offense has not looked all that good the last few weeks either, going into Montreal and putting up 12 points, and then uh, going against BC last week. Bull Levi Mitchell had lots of opportunities in that fourth quarter to put a drive together and put BC away, and they just couldn't do it. So it's not like the Stampeder offense is shooting out the lights either. But let's be honest, if you go to Montreal on a long weekend – and spend a night on Crescent Street, how good a shape are you going to be in to play football on Monday? (laughs) There might be a little bit more going on there than we think. I don't get how they Um, don't learn their lesson, though. Or is it they they just have such a lead in the West Division, they don't care? You don't get paid by the yardage you put up. You just get paid for getting dressed. (laughs) And they've already got the playoff bonus checks on the way. Yeah, so who cares? Um well, good for Bakari Grant. He signs with the yeah, team. Oh, no, that's, that's He's great. He's going to get himself I, I some playoff checks. If they finish first, yep. they get the automatic bonus from the semifinals. So good for him, man. <laughs> yep, that, that'll that'll help. <laughs> but, yeah, like they, they draft and they find receivers that fit what they want in their receiving core. Uh, you know, big bodies, physical guys, make plays, can – can you know fight for yards underneath, uh, fight for room when they need to, 
and you know people people are amazed that this happens. Like, well, no, this is what happens when you have a scouting staff that does their job. You know, you you don't just yeah. A lot of teams will draft the best guy available, which makes perfect sense. But when you get late in the draft and you, and you get into you know where you got to sign guys uh, free agent wise, you got to start looking at, at what needs or where what 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 position you're going to plug this guy into. And you know they they have. A, a body type, a physicality that they want in their receiving core, and that's the kind of guys they get, and those are the kind of guys they find. They're not going to put somebody in there because you know they don't want to put somebody in that's not going to thrive in that position, and they and they haven't. So I mean, they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. I'm convinced they're cheating. I can't prove it, <laughs> <laughs> but man, that front office, like with Huffnagel and, and even Dickinson and that scouting staff, is just phenomenal. Who are you picking to win? I'm taking Calgary. It's not even a question. I'm going to pick the Stampeders too, but I'm not sure it's going to be a cakewalk. I think Saskatchewan might cover just because Lowther can kick field goals. Yeah, I can't see the offense getting much done. It's going to it's going to need to be you know Willie Jefferson doing his thing on defense, trying to keep it mm-hmm. close. <laughs> yeah. Basically, um, if the defense Ed maybe with a couple picks, yeah, if they can't get to bow, then the game won't be pretty. If they can get to mm. bow, then there's going to be a game here. But both teams should be real mad and say what you want about Chris Jones. He always goes into these West Division matchups. Okay, maybe I got to bite my tongue. I was going to say he goes into the West Division matchups prepared, but then <laughs> last week Yeah, that worked out. 31 nothing. Can I can I say he goes to the Alberta matchups prepared? Both he coached for both teams. Yeah. You you remember when the Riders his first year in Saskatchewan, they didn't win many games, but he took the Eskimos to overtime in the summertime. Do not do not get me started on that game again. I know. <laughs> that's where this. That's where all this hatred started. I'm like an elephant. I'll never forget. Because that was a complete and utter joke. It was a disaster, and they should have won that game, or at least come away with a tie. Instead, he lost them that game with decision making. How about that that woman that's screaming behind you in the stands all game? I I, uh, man. If if that wasn't a woman, I would have punched him in the nose. <laughs> but like even her husband was annoyed. Ugh, <laughs> oh, dude, why are you getting my blood pressure up like ten minutes before I gotta crawl into bed? Dude, it's legalization day. So I don't do that. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like, ugh, people. They're the worst. Before I forget, and uh, full disclosure, I did forget. Let's go through. <laughs> we totally did. <laughs> Let's go through our fantasy lineups. Just say who you have and how much money you have left over. Travis Lule, John White, Brandon Burks, Luke Tasker, BJ Cunningham, Brian Burnham, and the Tiger Cats defense with $18 left over. And you know that John White's probably not playing. Yeah, well, this is subject to change. I already said it. I don't have. I didn't want to mess around while we were recording. Okay, here's my lineup: 
James Franklin, Martise Jackson, Brandon Burks, Bryant Mitchell, S.J. Green, Chris Matthews, and the Calgary Stampeders defense. That leaves me with $85. Pick the Calgary defense and you want to go to the game. <laughs> and yes, that is my question. And I, we were talking about this before the show. I am a glutton for punishment. Should I go to McMahon Stadium to see the Riders and Stamps on Saturday? No. Why? Because, well, A, it's a dump. Okay. B. Tweet at 2 and out CFL. Should I go to this game? B, you're, B, you're going to leave disappointed, just like my dad did. <laughs> if you have an extra ticket and you want to give it to me for free, I will drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> that is the saddest thing I've ever said on the show. <laughs> you want a free ticket to a Stamps game. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I think I'm going to go. You're a braver man than I. Kate, here's the thing. I have never seen a team I am cheering for win at McMahon Stadium. No, neither have I. And I went for a hockey game and the Habs still lost to the Flames 4 nothing. <laughs> Even hockey, you didn't see your team win. Well, I was wearing my Sean Horkoff jersey, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the fact that you spent money on a Sean Horkoff jersey. With the A on it, not even the C yet. So I, I liked him before it was cool. I have a Sidney Crosby A jersey. Yeah, that's legit. It has tie-down straps. Yeah, my Jeff Carter one does too. It's the, it's it's so cool. Do you ever do you ever tie it? Do you ever do you ever strap it into your belt loop at the back of your jeans? I have not done that. I do that all the time when I wear it. <laughs> not that I get to wear my Jeff Carter Philadelphia Flyers jersey a lot. <laughs> okay, the question for this week: Should I go to the Stamps Riders game? Oh man, Brazilian Ty's answer was no. <laughs> Vehemently no. <laughs> We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Uh, go to the website, albertapodcastnetwork.com. See all of the events in the network. There are some really talented podcasters there and really smart people, just a lot smarter. They're probably better than us in every single way. Um, so just check oh, out. Gu guaranteed. The we are terrible people. <laughs> There's the arts, culture, and food section, which how do you not like that? Check out I Don't Get It, an award-winning podcast that offers crit a critical perspective on performance in Edmonton. I like that. Fonda and Paul are your hosts for I Don't Get It, as they are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Brazilian Ty, I guess I will talk to you uh, for Monday's show, as I uh, leave McMahon Stadium with my tail between my legs yet again. You you might be drenched in beer that gets thrown on you as well. So, I mean, it's all the power to you, man. <laughs> oh, buddy. Enjoy your weekend of gluttony and football, all right? I've only got three Cokes left, man. No more until Grey Cup. No more Coke till Grey Cup. Nope, I got three cans left. I'm going to crush that tomorrow night while I make tacos, and then no more Toe Grey Cup. Wow. Good, because you got to use it for mix, right? 
Yeah, basically. Because gin- ginger ale out of a bottle is garbage. All right. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We shall talk to you Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.